How about we just start with uh, a little bit about uh, about yourself there, Stephen, and, and let's start with uh, that, and then tell us about how you got into filmmaking in the first place. Yeah, so I've been a filmmaker for about 15 years now. Um, I actually studied at Red River, Red River College, uh, took their took a program there that kind of like taught me everything from web design to video to 3D animation and all that kind of stuff. Then I worked for an ad agency for a number of years in, in Winnipeg, um, having my own film production company on the side, did a lot of commercial work. Um, and actually, I, I did a series for Tripoli uh, e Recreational Vehicles um, back in, I think it was 2012. And um, and then, we yeah, we released that. Um, and I just had such a good connection with the, with the guys at Tripoli. E. Um, and then I actually ended up getting hired uh, uh, at the end of that project to kind of come internally and then take kind of all my all my video ability and and bring that in-house to uh, to kind of tell their story and 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 highlight their products in-house in Winkler. So let's just talk a little bit more about that uh, Winkler connection and and your relationship with uh, Tripoli e today. I've been an employee uh, with Tripoli e Recreational Vehicles for uh, a little bit over 10 years now. You know, it's it's such a such an amazing company to to work for. Um and then, you know, while working for for them over the past, you know, six plus years, uh, on evenings and weekends, I've been directing and producing a feature length documentary and, and Tripoli e has been so uh, gracious, you know, just, just to allow me that ability just, you know, on, on my off time to be able to, to do this kind of, you know, big project. And they've been so supportive over the years. Um, and I, I yeah, I, I think this is such a cool film, uh, an opportunity just to kind of highlight, um, you know, that this is coming really from, from Winkler. Like this is coming from the community in Winkler, Manitoba, in, in southern, in southern Manitoba. Three of the executive producers on this feature length film after death are actually from Winkler as well. So, you know, there's a deep connection in Winkler and I, I'm, I'm really excited to kind of, for this film to kind of go out to that many theaters and, and all across North America and to really kind of you know, come from Winkler. Now, like you mentioned, this is a project that has been years, many years in the making. Six plus years is a long time for any film project. Uh, for those that aren't familiar, films can take multiple years, but but six is getting a little long in the tooth in the film world. Why did you feel like you wanted to take on this particular project, which is coming out very soon? October 27th is the premiere, and it's titled After Death. The whole kind of uh, idea for the project really started, um, it was born out of loss. So it was actually right at the beginning of when I started uh, working at Tripoli uh, Recreational Vehicles in Winkler. Unfortunately, uh, tragically, my, my brother-in-law was was killed in a car wreck. And that kind of that asked, you know caused me to begin to ask questions about you know, the reality of heaven and all that kind of stuff. You know, is this real? Is it not? Um, I, I wasn't sure where I stood on that whole question. So um, that's what led me on a path to kind of discover these stories of people who had, you know, clinically died and had these experiences and came back. And so as a filmmaker, you know, I wanted to know more. And, uh, you know, it's one thing for these, you know, these books to exist and these stories to exist out there. And for me, it was another thing entirely to kind of like, you know, dig a little deeper. And is there any evidence around this? Is Are these just stories or, the you know, is there anything to it? And so that's what, you know, led to now, uh, which, which is the feature film after death. In the film, we we, uh, we interviewed 14 different people who clinically died anywhere between seconds to an hour and 45 minutes, and which is a long time, you know, and, and for someone to come back after that point. 
then we also interview um, doctors and scientists, you know, neurologists, uh, cardiologists and surgeons who um, are basically kind of faced with this, uh, you know, like what they don't know what to do with this whole kind of phenomenon of near-death experiences where people are, when they're clinically dead, when their heart stops, when their brain, ce- you know, ceases to have activity, uh, they're having these experiences in some cases, you know, they're, they're seeing things that are happening in the operating room. They're th- seeing things that ha- happen at the accident scene that can later be uh, corroborated. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of, you know, the whole, you know, uh, reason and, and, and sort of like the synopsis of the, of the film. We also have five New York Times bestselling authors in the film. So there's a lot of titles uh, from people, you know, if they're familiar with these stories. Uh, there's five New York Times bestselling authors that are that are included in the film. There's also a number of people who, you know, they've never shared their story before. Um, and so we, we, you know, earned their trust and, and got them to open up on camera. Now, you're coming at this particular subject matter from the context of being a churchgoer for most of your life. How did that or did that influence your decision to tell this story or how you told this story? Yeah, well, again, like, so I was raised uh, in a Christian home, and, and I, I went to church all my life, you know, and, and in terms of my, my church-going days, um, earlier in life, it was it was split between uh, a Pentecostal church and a Baptist church. So, you know, I, I had the full spectrum in terms of the Christian uh, upbringing. And, but I would say that in 2012, uh, my faith was, uh, it was really challenged. I wasn't sure exactly, you know, what, what I believed about, you know, the reality of, of heaven or, or not. And so, um, yeah, the, these stories kind of put me back, back on track with that. It's, it's, it's totally bolstered my faith. Um, and, and, you know, I read the Bible in a completely different way now than I ever did, uh, because of these stories. And so, I mean, that's, that's kind of my hope for other, other people as well. And, and I really made this film for, uh, believers and skeptics. It's not just, this film is not made just for Christians. My hope is that, you know, people come to the table and, and watch the film who don't come necessarily from the, a faith background. And, uh, you know, I think it, it's going to speak to Christians and non-Christians, uh, you know, just the same for Christians, for, you know, for myself, it just encourages and, and helps, uh, my faith. And it makes me think about life a little differently. You know, it makes me think about, you know, if, with an eternal perspective, you know, how could I live, live my life a little, a little different? And then, I, yeah, my hope is that for someone who hasn't thought about a, a spiritual reality at all, that this kind of like cracks open the door a little bit to that conversation. You know, this is death is something that affects everyone. And, um, and, you know, I think this film kind of offers a lot of hope in this, you know, this reality of, of life after. I was going to ask you about the film itself uh, being a conversation starter, and you kind of broached that topic for me. I really get the sense, you know, talking with you today, Stephen, and, and doing a little bit of background research before we connected today, that, that your hope or one of your hopes would be that this is a conversation starter for both those that are coming from a faith background and those that would be considered a skeptic. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's, it's made for both. And I, I know that might be a little cliche for, you know, there's definitely some faith films that have come out and said, you know, Oh yeah, no, this is not, it's not just a Christian film, but this truly is, you know, for everyone. Cause you know, again, death affects everyone. And so I wanted to be open and honest about, you know, what are these people experiencing, you know, the, who, are, who are clinically dead? And I want to say that, again, the stories that we included in the film went through, you know, vigorous uh, uh, sort of like, uh, 
I had all of these, you know, things that needed to be checked before including any of the people in the film. One of them was we needed to have uh, a, a, like a whole stack of evidence that surrounded that they clinically did die. You know, many people talk about that they, you know, they had it heavenly experience or saw angels or whatever uh, nearing nearing death. But uh, you know, for us, it was really important to kind of you know because of the, approaching from a skeptical point of view that there's going to be medical transcripts, there's going to be doctors, uh, there's going to be first responders or eyewitnesses uh, that are, you know, that can corroborate the story that they did in fact die and then for how long and all that. So that was one thing. And then the other, the other part to it, which uh, I was more compelled to was, was, uh, you know, many of the people in our film who talk, who share their story actually have a lot to lose in telling their story. So we have this lady, Dr. Mary Neal. Um, she wrote this book, uh, To Heaven and Back. She's an orthopedic spine surgeon. And she drowned. She was pinned underwater for 30 minutes. Um, in in warm water, she was, you know, again, without oxygen. For that length of time, it's it's an incredible amount of time. And to have come back at all, never mind not having brain damage, is just, you know, it's a miracle in itself. But, um, you know, she she has her own private practice in Wyoming as an orthopedic spine surgeon. She's a, she's an introvert. She's very um, she doesn't like opening up and telling her story at all. Never mind her family or any of this kind of stuff. And she wrote a book about it. And so I mean, she doesn't need the book sales. She's doing very well, you know, as a, with a private practice as a doctor. And because she's you know very introverted, it's kind of like all of those things kind of go against the reasons to you know to tell her story. Never mind that all her colleagues are you know doctors and and surgeons and nurses. Uh, the whole medical field, you know, she's open to ridicule in telling her story. You know, the people who aren't going to believe it are going to call her crazy. And so, and then that, that's the thing. It's like, you know, a lot of the, most of the people that are included in her film had uh, an, an insane amount of uh, credibility to to lose in telling their story. Or in some cases, like we have this guy, Howard Storm, uh, he lost everything. He lost his family. He lost his kids. He lost his job. He lost he lost everything uh, in telling his story. And still, it was worth it in telling his story because to him, that was more real than this life here. And so it's kind of like it's an interesting kind of flip of, you know, of in terms of like what's important and all that for him. Uh, it was so it was so important to kind of be authentic in, in telling his story that, no, that this actually did happen. So Howard was actually an atheist. You know, he went into death, not believing that there's anything after. And there's kind of like a spectrum of atheist uh, worldviews and beliefs. You know, there's there's some that maybe lean towards agnostic and be be open to something. He's absolutely not open to anything. In fact, he went into taking his his last breath, uh, you know, just confident that there's absolutely going to be nothing, and that you know, dying is going to be this release where he's just not going to cease to exist. And to his surprise, he 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 does continue to exist. And he has this whole, you know, experience, um, which when he came back was just like, I know God's real. I know heaven's real. I know hell's real. And, um, and I'm here, here to talk about it. And his wife called him crazy. And, you know, eventually after a period of time, uh, walked away from him and, and took the kids and, you know, he wasn't able to retain his job because his, his workplace, all of his colleagues and everything, I was just surrounded by people that don't believe in anything. And they all called him crazy. But he's willing to be called crazy and, you know, withstand that ridicule for for his, the rest of his life because this is so serious to him. Why did you feel it was important 
for this story to be told in the way that you're telling it for the audiences across North America that will be watching it? Yeah, that's a good question. So, I, I mean, we we took a very cinematic approach to the to the film because this topic is typically, you know, it's it's easy to get something that looks cheesy or unbelievable. It's it's already an unbelievable story. You know, all of these stories are it is hard to believe. And so, um, I mean, we we approached it in a cinematic format. So basically, though we have fourteen different people who talk about you know clinically dying and what they experienced after and coming back. Um, we also have narrative recreations. So most of the film, you know, we did narrative, narrative recreations with actors and, and we actually shot, um, in Baja Studios, uh, which was owned by Fox Studios. The, the studio was actually built for the movie Titanic and, uh, all of the same crew that, that worked on that film as well as Master Commander, Tomorrow Never Dies, a bunch of other, you know, big blockbuster films, you know, worked on our film set and, and many of the same crew, uh, applied, you know, their talents and abilities to, to the film that we created. And so, um, you know, we're working with world-renowned composers and sound designers and, and all that to, to make this really a, a cinematic experience because, um, yeah, I think that the film is going to kind of speak to the heart and the mind. You know, it's, there's so much to, so much to kind of like go into in, in, in this topic. Um, but yeah, we, we approach it in a cinematic way because, you know, we want it to, to be a, to be like a film. This is, this is, you know, it's, the genre is a documentary. But uh, but it's not like any other documentary you would have seen. Again, the film is After Death and it opens, premieres October 27th. Do you have a, a hope uh, or a goal, if you will, of what viewers are going to take away from the experience of sitting down in a theater with those around them, which may be like-minded or not like-minded? Again, we've touched yeah. on that already. Would there be a hope or a goal that you're hoping they're going to take away? everyone's going to get something different out of the film i think um you know for skeptics again i I think this film kind of begins to open the door to conversation and begin to ask questions about you know is there something after or not and for someone who comes to this you know who 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 believes in heaven who comes from a christian background this is just going to encourage your faith like i think like unlike anything else that's you know in film um, and, and, uh, it's just going to cause you to read the Bible, I think, in a totally different way. I think it's going to encourage you to read the scripture more than, than, you know, a lot of other things out there. Uh, because death affects everyone, you know, grief is, uh, it's an unfortunate reality for a lot of people. It was an, it's a reality for me, having gone through, you know, a lot of loss early in life. But that's a lot of people's stories. You know, a lot of people, are, I think, are in this process of grieving or know someone who's grieving. And I think this film, my hope is that it's it's kind of like it opens a doorway to to hope you know that grief is kind of like the door that you have to walk through and go through and you can't get around and that i hope that this film kind of you know brings a sense of hope for for many people i was just going to say really quickly one one really cool thing about um about this film's release so it's hitting over 2000 theaters across north america and canada and the united states it's being released through angel studios who that studio was was uh, they're they're the same team behind the chosen, which is a you know a big show about the life of Jesus. Um, but because it's opening up to over two thousand screens across North America, it's actually a top ten all time doc release, like of all time. That's that's insane, and and the fact that it comes you know it really comes from people from Winkler from the Winkler community. I think that's something that's so incredible to you know to be proud of that this this film. That's going to, I think, bring a lot of hope to a lot of people that it comes from the Southern Manitoba community.
We'll touch on uh, ticket pre-sales in just a bit, but I did have one last question I wanted to throw your way. Take us through what it was like for you to have a look at the uh, final cut of the movie, assuming you have seen a final cut before it's going to hit theaters. What was that like for you after pouring everything that you are, your creative spirit, your spirit as a whole into something like this? What was it like to be in that room and watch that final cut? It was surreal. I mean, it was emotional to be able to sit. So here's the crazy story. Um, I watched the the final uh, release of the film, the final cut um, at Cineplex in Winnipeg, um, near Polar Park. It's now the Scotiabank Theater. I've been going to that theater, you know, 20 years. And in fact, I would go to that movie theater with my brother-in-law, Marco. We would often watch him and I, we were the, he was the guy I would always go to movies with. And so, um, you know, and we were watching Auditorium 8. Uh, the movie, I think, is playing in Auditorium 1, but. I sat in that same auditorium for, you know, countless times before watching, you know, all my favorite films. And here, you know, I'm sitting in the theater and we're watching, you know, my movie. It's just it's just a surreal experience. But it was it was just, you know, it's encouraging because it's like, again, with the sound mix, um, the the score with with a world renowned um, composer, uh, you know, these stories played on a big screen and, and with the surround sound all around. It's just like this is this is it's truly a cinematic experience and I, I was getting lost in it even though i made the movie and I, I know every scene and every clip it's like it pulled me in which you know gets me excited about what other people are going to experience and tell us a little bit about uh, ticket pre-sales again the film after death is premiering on october 27th including here in southern manitoba in winkler at landmark cinemas tell us about pre-sales and how we can get a hold of those People can go to angel.com slash triple E, which is two E's next to each other. And there you can, you can buy tickets for the film. You can also see where it's playing. You know, if you're, if you're based, you know, near Winnipeg, it's playing in a couple of theaters there. But it, like we talked about, it's playing in Winkler, Manitoba. And my hope is that a lot of people from the Southern Manitoba all come out to the Winkler theater and watch it there. Um, you can watch the trailer and yeah, the, the tickets pre-sales are, you know, they're, it's incredible. I think we're, we're at something like 92 or 93,000 tickets pre-sold, which is unbelievable for, for a film like this. And again, the, the release of it. But we also have a pay-it-forward program. So um, the, the cool thing is we want to make this film as accessible as possible for people. So if, if anyone can't afford a, a ticket, they can actually go to um, angel.com and you, you can uh, claim a free ticket from people who've paid it forward. If this film you know speaks to you and you're, you're excited about it, you can go out and pay it forward for others, you know? And, and so on that same page, you can uh, pay for a ticket or a few tickets for other people. And that just makes this accessible for, for others to be able to watch this film and, and enjoy this film, which should be the same, you know, across North America, Canada and in the, and the United States. So yeah, we just want to make this film accessible and we're really excited about the release on October 27th. 